Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. I love watching my guests watch me do that. Oh, how those lips can talk. Happy New Year again. It's January 9, 2023. Welcome to the new year. We hope everything's going to be wonderful. I'm AKA Radio Red. Happy to be here. We talk about creativity on the show. It's a party. It's not an interview. It's not a book review. We're not selling anything. And I have three wonderful, I'm going to call them mindful creatives with me today. But before I introduce them, and wait, ladies, wave hello to Facebook, please. We're, we're Zooming live there, Facebook. There we go. Wave a load of Facebook. Good. I'll introduce my wonderful guests in a minute. But what I want to tell you first is we have to do a shout out to somebody very special named LLL. So I'm going to hold up the L sign and I want the three of you to join me on the count of three saying Happy New Year. We rehearsed hello, but we're going to change it. So I think you can handle this, ladies. I know. I've looked at your resume. You can do this. Happy New Year, LLL. On the count of three. One, two two, three. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Josh, that had to be the best one of the year. I know it's only the second <laughs> week, but I think it's the best one of 2022 as well. So thank you, ladies. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She's in Whitestone, New York, and I've been trying to take up a fictitious GoFundMe to move her to London, but it was very hot there last summer and she doesn't want to go. So we're debating whether she wants to move to Larchmont, which is in L, but if anybody has any, I'm living in Loudoun, Tennessee now. Maybe she'll move here near me. So be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in Loudoun. I think think that would work. Laura, I'll talk to you after the show. My engineer is Josh. He's our one name wonder. He's been with me for a long time and we appreciate you, Josh. Today is January 9th. It's the ninth day. The math is really easy in January. The ninth day of 2023. Thank you to Gregorian. We're still using his calendar and I hope his mom knew how creative he was because how many people do you know have invented something that's still around for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. There were 356 days left in 2022. It's the second Monday. And the only reason I do the full year count is because I want you all to know if you're getting ready well in advance to celebrate a joyful Happy New Year for 2024, you might want to think about what you'll be drinking because people reserve it. They make it. Jody is, I'll introduce Jody, but she's going to be making Kahlua in, in the sink in her garage. And Marina's going to be buying some really elegant champagne at an online wine store. And it's going to be the shelves. And Renee, I'm, I think you're going to be re- relegating or doing something with an old whiskey still in the backyard of the farm somewhere. I don't even know if you live on a farm. So, you know, good whiskey takes a while and Kahlua and everything. It just takes a while. So it's now Capricorn. Do we have any Capricorn birthdays in the house today? Oh, Jody, which the date? What date? It was on the 5th. Oh, happy birthday. I won't sing. It'll just ruin the show and everybody will shut it off. But happy, happy birthday to you. So let me tell you what Capricorns are. Capricorn and the goat, the 10th sign of the zodiac from the Latin goat horned, an earth sign, negative sign, one of the four cardinal signs ruled by the planet Saturn. Overachiever, Jody, raise your, put up your little finger if I hit anything that's you. Overachiever, I had a feeling. Persistent, uh-huh, I think we're going to do very well here. Practical, uh-huh, sensitive, hardworking, mm-hmm, makes success look easy. 
but you put a lot of time and care into your careers and relationships. We have a real Capricorn in the house. Thank you very much, Jody. On that note, I'm going to introduce my three guests. First up, coincidentally, is our birthday person. I didn't say girl, birthday person, Jody Wellman, named her business 4,000 Mondays, and she's going to tell us why, to shine the light on the finite number of weeks we have to live like we mean it. Jody, can't wait to talk to you. Thank you so much. Can't wait. I, I need a copy of your book. I want to read your book. So there we go. We also have with Jody, say hello. So everybody hear you. Hello. Excited there to you be here are. with you, Red, and the gang. Thank you. And the gang, Red, and the gang. I think there's a singing group called Cool and the Gang. Maybe it could be Cool Red or Hot Red. Well, we'll talk about it later. Marina, the happiness guru, Shakur Haber. Normally goes by Marina Shakur Haber, but we added the happiness guru. She's an entrepreneur. She has been in the nursing, staffing, and home health care business. She's been in the Persian rug business. And she's the author of Dream a Better Dream and Your GPS to Happiness. Marina, say hello. There you are. Hello. <laughs> nice to see you. And we have Renee Thornborough, and she spells her name like I've never seen it before, like this R E N A Y E. I love that. She's the founder and CEO of Adventures in Wisdom, Inc., and she has certified life coaches for children. Ah, in more than 30 countries, and the purpose is to develop children's mindset skills for self-esteem, confidence, happiness, and more. What a great idea. Renee, say hello. Hi, everybody. There you are. Wonderful. Thank you all. Show's over. It was great talking. No, I think we got a little more. Thank you, ladies. I, I took, I, I had a stand-up comedy routine and improv years ago, and I try to work it into the show once in a while. That wasn't good. Let's go around the table. Jody Wellman, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Remember, if the computer freezes, just keep talking, because we'll be able to hear you, and eventually we'll come back to the picture. I'd like to ask you to spend about three minutes, Jody. We want to know a lot more about you, your business, what you do, what creativity means to you. Jody, welcome to Read My Lips. Go ahead. Oh, well, thank you, Red, for the intro and opportunity. And by the way, I don't know how you knew this, but Kahlua is one of my very favorite drinks. No. Oh, I mean, should we, should we, I mean, I feel like we should cheers it. I don't know if I had it handy. I mean, wow. Well, I, it was just a, I, I do Kahlua whiskey and champagne on every week, every show. And I just picked somebody and I just looked at you and I said, Kahlua, that was it. Well, that's a good start. That's a good yeah. start. Go, go ahead, Judy. Yeah, and Jody, like Jody, go. We could just end there and I'd be happy, but yes, so you, you were, um, I mean, the way you started my intro about talking about 4,000 Mondays, uh, I, I did name my company that because it does help us grip our chairs and realize that we have roughly 4,000 weeks to live. And counterintuitively, if we begin with the big end in mind, and I know like Stephen Covey, when he wrote the whole like seven habits of highly affected people, I don't think he had this big end in mind, but we'll give him some credit. If we really begin with thinking of the fact that our time's ticking, like we should be drinking Kahlua now, let's get on with the business of living, uh, that can help us feel more motivated to live with more intention, live with more purpose, live with more of a sense of urgency, get on with this. Quite frankly, like this to me is the most creative thing we can do, right? Is like make something of our lives until we do unfortunately croak because that's where we're all heading. And so I like to poke fun. I like to say that I'm like the Grim Reapers cheerleader. You know, I, I despise him, but yet I also admire him and appreciate the gift that he offers us, which is this gift of scarcity. Like, when we know our time is limited, we tend to take it more seriously. Yeah. 
So Joy. I do that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Red. I, I want to know how you came up with this concept. Uh, what, what did you do that led you to 4,000 Mondays? Just give us a little background on how you got to that point. Yeah. Well, I've always had uh, an unscary kind of morbid fascination with death. You know, a little bit of a, like, quite frankly, the absurdity of it all has always struck me. You know, we're all working so hard to live these lives we love, and yet we all know that there's an end. And I, it is just still baffling to me to this day, despite all sorts of research that we are able to carry on despite. Um, and so that absurdity was always interesting. And so I studied it at grad school at the University of Pennsylvania and in the uh, Masters of Applied Positive Psychology program. And that, quite frankly, gave me this sense of, oh, this is legit. This is more than just one weirdo who is kind of motivated by, like, let's not get to the end and have a bunch of regrets. There's research out there that validates that this is something that is worth I think investing, quite frankly, my the rest of my life in. So that really sparked me was the research. Thank you very much. That's interesting. We don't often talk about death on the show, but but the idea of a life well lived, a life lived on purpose and with intention. Uh, I think a lot more people came around to that mindset, if I can use that word, Renee. That's one of your words, uh, Jody. If I could use that word, it's because we looked at a collective OMG from oh, yeah. 2019, 2020, 2021, and we watched people who didn't get more than those days. So I, I'd like to think that more people are focused on how can I live well for what I want to do. And going back to the word creativity, I tell people, I don't know about you three ladies, but I certainly didn't pop out of my mom X number of years ago with a manual on how I was going to live my life. Uh, I've been making it up as I go along. We all do. And that's where the creative part comes in is what are you going to do with today and tomorrow and the day after? How do you want to live it? What are you going to do about who you are, where you came from, what other people say or do or think or feel? And we're just creating as we go along. Thank you, Jody. V very interesting point of view. You, you handled that very well. You scared me for a second there, but you handled it very well. This is reality radio. I say what I think. Okay, let's go around. The t a lot more coming from Jody Wellman. I can see lovely lanky Laura like saying, oh my God, look at what she's talking about. Okay, so let's go to Marina, the happiness guru, Shakur Haber. That's a long name for a business card. Marina, welcome to Read My Lips. Please tell us more Thank about this. When I came to the United States, um, which was about, I think, 40 years ago. Oh, God, I dated myself. In any event, so uh, I, uh, with my husband, I, uh, he, he was already in the business of supplying nurses, and later on, I started my own. And what I observed was that there is so much distress in the nurses' lives, in their daily activities. But then later on, when we went into home care, I also observed the distress and the unhappiness in so many people. And I remember my mother always saying that happiness is or unhappiness is a cause of illness. It, it helps, it really affects your physical health. So your state of mind affects your physical health. And that, um, I really followed, pursued that. But I didn't want to make that into a business. But the universe had different things in mind for me. And it uh, dwarfed my, all my, my ideas and my, my you know, visions for life and my business ideas. And suddenly I stood there and I had to start from scratch. And so I decided that I needed to come out of my spiritual closet and uh, really become authentically me. And that took, that took actually a lot of work and it was really not that easy. 
And I did it. And so I am delighted because now I'm on to things that fascinate me and that bring me joy. And I thrive in helping others to find their best self. Thank you very much. And thank you for your quick fix of the audio issue. I appreciate that. And my engineer appreciates that. Josh will do a little quick edit and take out the little rough spot there. Thank you, Marina. I appreciate guests who are ready for live and have all the tools that they need. So Kahlua notwithstanding. Yes, Jody. I, I just can't believe I said Kahlua for you. I, I, I'm still in shock there. Marina, thank you very much. And please send me a, a copy of your ebook. I'd love to read it. Renee Thornborough is here. Renee, I want to know about these coaches and the idea of mindset for kids. What inspired that? Renee, welcome. Great to be here, Radio Red. Well, it was inspired many years ago, about 30 years ago, when I graduated college and I discovered the world of personal development. And I remember thinking to myself, why didn't I learn this when I was a kid? You know, it made no sense to me that the personal development world and then later the life coaching world focuses on grown-ups when those core thoughts and beliefs that shape who we are and what we think is possible for our lives are formed when we're really young. And I knew that when I had kids, I wanted them to learn this way of thinking. I became a personal development expert and used it to create a very fulfilling career, successful career, happy, fulfilling relationships. And when I did have children, this is about 20 years ago, and they were about four years, four or five years old. I started looking for resources to help me to help them develop these mindset skills, but I couldn't find anything out there. You know, there's stuff on how to get my kids to behave, but nothing on mindset development, self-esteem, confidence, self-leadership, you know, helping them learn how to set and achieve their goals. So I started writing stories and that's when the magic happened because they not only love the stories, they were really getting the concepts. And from there, my vision just started really growing that I wanted to bring this type of work to children. And at the time I was vice president of marketing for a company here in Austin. I mean, I had a very fulfilling career, but I just had this pull to do more. And that's how this whole thing got started. Um, and just, we had people, I had people interested in using my curriculum in their own business, educators, counselors, therapists, life coaches. And I said, well, that's a great idea. I knew they could reach with the children that I would never be able to reach. And so I created the certification program. And here we are over 10 years later, coaches in over 30 countries transforming the lives of children and families around the world. I'm just so honored that they're part of our community and out there doing this great work in the world. Very impressive. Really, really impressive, Renee. The idea of wanting to give children that confidence. And I will, will tell you that I told my son when he was about three, he was going to learn to do the dishes. He was going to learn to yes. make the bed. He was going to learn to help with the housework. And and it was like, what was I thinking? Well, I was thinking along the lines that I wanted him to have an independent life and not rely on anybody to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when he, he learned to bake and when he was in college, and I won't give away anymore, but when he was in college, people discovered he had wonderful baking skills. So he got invited to, it was a, a, an Ivy League college. He got invited to dinner parties where people said, um, We'll give you a bottle of our best best on reserve wine if you will come and bring your pie or your cake or whatever, or if you'll cook for us in your apartment. And people brought him wonderful gifts of food and wine because he was that person. And then when mm -hmm. he went to study briefly at the London School of Economics for a semester, all of the other boys, I'll say, had stipends, had allowances from their parents to go out and shop or go buy food or go to restaurants. He stayed in and cooked 
and they discovered that he was such a good cook. They said, we're giving you our food allowance. Cook for all of us. And he became the chef for the quad, for the whole four of them, because he had those skills. He had that knowledge. And I didn't realize, Renee, that it's not exactly what you're talking about, but it was in a way. Yeah. I was empowering his independence to say these are life skills. Boys Absolutely. can make, boys can cook, boys can make a bed. For there you go. And and my daughter is an artist, and I I just welcomed. And when she was thirteen and fourteen, she was painting beautiful paintings. What did I do? I didn't say, oh, that's really cute. I went and had them framed. They're still in my house today. She was a fabulous artist and a doctor, and she illustrated all of her biology notebooks, hand illustrate, and the illustrations were absolutely gorgeous. But yeah. I have to tell you. When she was in first grade, I got a letter from the teacher, and the teacher said, your daughter is drawing outside the line. She needs remedial training. She <laughs> needs remedial. We're going to go and get her somebody to teach her to draw within the lines. And this kid ended up being a brilliant doctor and a brilliant artist. So heck with it, right? The point, That's Renee, right. I think we all agree is that school is not the place they're going to get this kind of encouragement, this kind of training, this kind of support. Am I right? Definitely a missing link in children's education. You're absolutely right. Thank you very much. Sorry to go off, but I just had to talk about that. I think I did something right along the way. You You certainly did. You never really know, though. So let's go to the opening quotes. If somebody is a new audience member, I ask my guests in advance to send me one of their favorite movie quotes, TV quotes, song quotes, fictional characters, not a quote from, oh, Winston Churchill or JFK or Gandhi. This has to be from a fictional character. And they're going to tell us what the quote has to do with their thoughts on creativity. So Jody Wellman has sent me a quote from Marge or Marg, I don't know how she pronounced it, Gunderson, played by the wonderful Frances McDormand, the movie Fargo, 1996 black comedy crime film, uh-oh, produced, directed, written by the Cohen brothers, who else? And I have to tell you that it was selected in 2006 for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. In 1998, the American Film Institute named it one of the 100 greatest American films in history. Did you know that, Jody? That's how Did good it. the movie was. It's amazing. Yes. yes. It was the most recent up to that point. Fargo is about Marge um, is a pregnant Minnesota police chief investigating roadside homicides, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, great, great actors in it. So here's the quote. There's more to life than a little money, you know, and here you are. And it's a beautiful day. Oh, my, Jody! what a loaded quote. I can't wait to hear. What does this have to do with creativity? Talk to me. <laughs> well, it's funny because whenever I think about that quote in the whole darn movie, I can't not think of it. I listen to it. I hear it with the Minnesota accent. So, I mean, I'll give you a chance if you want to redo that. I don't know if you want to do it with your Minnesota accent. I mean, I just figured I'd There's offer it to you. I'm not sure. There's more to life than a little money, you know. And here you are. And it's a beautiful day. Something like that. Is that horrible? You know what? You just made my day because that is a Jersey version of Marge Henderson. And that's that's fantastic. So regardless of the accent, the point was, is I just wanted to hear an accent and I did it. And so my, my bizarro connection to that is, you know, her point around more than money. And I don't want to relate this to the idea of starving artists, but I think a lot of us you know, we might chase things, you know, I spent many years in my corporate career, you know, chasing titles and compensation and things. And I think we can lose sight. I know I did. I know clients I work with lose sight of the things that the values we really hold dear. Right. And in spirit of, you know, chasing like the trappings of success, you know, and 
that actually happened to me corporately, whereas I, I did lose sight of the things that made me tick. And quite frankly, creativity was something I was able to diagnose after working with a coach of my own, which was if I'm not making something with my hands or creating something, even if it's a handwritten greeting card for somebody for their birthday, I feel like something's physically dying inside of me. Okay, and here I go talking about death again. I can't go like four minutes without talking about death. But um, the idea is maybe it's not all about the usual idea of success. Are we are we fulfilling whatever the creative juices are that we need? Um, and then I just love how she says, and it's a beautiful day. Just like, well, you know what? Let's just keep our eyes on the prize. Like, things are good. Okay, I like that. I like that. If it's a beautiful day, then it's a beautiful. Sorry about the accent. I knew it was getting into. I wasn't sure if it was Brooklyn, Bronx. Marina and I had a talk about the fact that I don't tell people I'm from New York, and most people can't tell. But once in a while, you know, I have to. So what can I say? Thank you very much, Jody. I like the quote very much. And Frances McDormand is a wonderful actress, still still doing a great job. Marina, let's look at your quote. You send us a quote from Enzo, voiced by Kevin Costner. The movie, I saw it. I wasn't sure I remembered it when I read the overview, The Art of Racing in the Rain, a 2019 American comedy drama film. There were some very, very sad parts in there. In Seattle, Enzo, who's named for Enzo Ferrari, is dying. The old golden retriever is waiting for Denny, his master and best friend, to return. When Denny finds Enzo unable to move, the dog begins to narrate his life. And that's how the story goes. It was a beautiful movie. And here's the quote Marina has picked. This is interesting. The true hero is flawed. No accent. See, I did it straight. Okay, <laughs> Marina, you're up. Talk to me. <laughs> I'll make up for the accent. So, well, the true hero is flawed for me. Um, life is, we are all here, the heroes of our life story. And uh, wouldn't it be boring if you all were perfect? What a dull story. Not one book would be written, not one show would be made. Nothing, nothing would happen. So the joy is in the fact that we are all flawed and that we are all working towards the solution of our flaws. We are all working toward uh, being better than we are and, and really living the life of a hero, which is always the same story. And that is, there's your hero or heroine. There's a conflict. And with the conflict comes a realization of what we need to learn, what we need to overcome, what do we want in life? Really, what do we want in life? What makes us happy? And then we are reaching out to see that we find someone to help us, the guide or the thing or the book or whatever it may be. And we find a solution and we move on with our lives to the fulfillment or to failure one of the two F's, and in either one, we learn and we move on and life moves on from one really crisis to another. And it is in these challenges through our flawed beings that we find um, answers, that we also really go within. And in the within, we find the most precious values, and that is our highest self. And that comes out in, in being flawed and being challenged and be seeking for something better than we are. That's why Very interesting. Very, very interesting. The, the idea that we're each trying to be or we're supposed to be the hero of our own life, but the, the creativity guide of our own life, 
Who do we want to be? How do we get there? Maybe we change our minds. How many careers have you all had? Let's just go around the table. Jody, how many careers have you had? Could you call a career or passion or something? How many? Just mm-hmm. hold it. Uh, four, but then seven within one company. Okay. Ones. Marina, how many careers or paths have you had? Professionally, we're speaking. At least five. Okay. Renee? Five major changes. I mm-hmm. think I'm on about seven. I think I'm a, but I think it would it would fall into about five categories, but I think there have been seven mm-hmm. or more complete, completely different paths that had nothing, but they're all still me. So they are the same path. It's my path. It's just a lot of twists and turns. There you go. Thank you for that, Maureen. I appreciate that. Very interesting. And I, I like the acknowledgement that we're all flawed. Because we struggle with that, don't we? Oh, I did the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. I wore the wrong dress. I took the wrong job. I picked the wrong car. I took the wrong turn. I baked the wrong wrong cake. I bought the wrong wrong thing at at the supermarket. Oh, I must be flawed. Well, get with the program. Everybody is, right? Deal with it, but accept it. And do something else next time. What can I tell you? Thank you. That was very deep. Let's go to the quote Renee has picked. This is a two-part quote. You get two for one on this one. The superhero television movie, 1978, Doctor Strange. That's not an accent. It's just an embellishment. Doctor Strange. <laughs> the two parts is that Doctor Strange is based, of course, on the Marvel Comics fictional character co-created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Stan Lee was a consultant. It stars Peter Hooten, Jessica Walter. She's one of my favorite actresses. Eddie Ben. I don't know him, Cloyd Cousteau, Philip Sterling, John Mills. It aired on September 6, 1978 on CBS, the network that aired The Amazing Spider-Man and The Incredible Hulk. And it was intended, intended as a pilot, but CBS didn't pick it up as a series, which was very, very interesting. Michael and Sarah is the voice of one of the characters I'm about to read. And um, in, the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, Doctor Strange 2016, Tilda Swinton played an androgynous Celtic version of the character that Michael and Sarah, anyway, voiced. So here, the first thing I'm going to read, three words, is from Doctor Stephen Strange, played by Peter Hooten. He was a psychiatrist who becomes the new Sorcerer Supreme to safeguard the Earth from Morgan Le Fay, played by Jessica Walter. And the second one I'm going to read is Yao, or Ancient One, voiced by Michael and Sarah. So Strange says, I'm not ready. And the ancient one says, no one ever is. How'd I do, Renee? Did I botch that or was that pretty cool? That was pretty good. Thank you. You <laughs> want to do it better? Be my guest. Oh, you no, are my no, guest. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Tell yeah. us what it means. What does it mean? Yeah. You know, there are very few movies I have ever watched over and over. And that's one of them. And it's because of that one scene. And, you know, the ancient one's about to pass. And, and Dr. Strange is going to have to kind of take over. And he's like, I'm not ready. And she said, well, no one ever is. And for me, you know, we're talking about the careers. I started out as an engineer. I'm a recovering engineer. And engineers like to have things planned out, know what's going to, you know, step by step by step. And as an entrepreneur, you got to throw that out the window. You're never ready. If you wait to be ready, the opportunity passes you by. So for me, it's that constantness of realizing I'm not going to be ready. I just got to go for it. Um, I'd never written children's stories before. And if I had waited for someone to say, oh, well, you have to do this degree and that class and this certification and this, that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. You know, what I did was create a, 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 what turned out to be an absolutely phenomenal curriculum that is, has, had, has had such an impact in the world. It just blows me away. I mean, it 
came from higher source, but it just, if I'd waited for someone else to tell me that I was ready, or even for me to say I'm ready, it, I wouldn't be here. And, and we certify people to become life coaches for kids. And so for them, sometimes they get stuck and it's the same thing. We're never ready. Action is what helps create results. And action also helps mitigate that fear that we all feel before we do something new. So that's where that really comes into play. And I, I am constantly pushing outside of my comfort zone, constantly dealing with the fear, pushing through it because I'm not ready, but no one ever is. You just got to go for it to make something happen. I like that. We got a lot of life lessons here. We're flawed. No one is really ever ready. And Kahlua is really good for next New Year's <laughs> Eve. I, I'm picking up. A, a I'm coming to Jody's house. <laughs> I think we're all going to, or we'll, I'll, I'll get a bottle here and we'll all toast each other virtually. Brown cows all around. Thank you very much. Yes, I I appreciate that. I want to thank you all for picking such interesting quotes, really deep and thoughtful. And that's why I call you my three mindful creatives today, (laughs) because I I was impressed with the quote. So thank you for doing the work. I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. I asked you also in advance to please send me four statements about what creativity means to you. So uh, it's interesting, but I've had some guests on the show who were attorneys or architects or doctors or teachers or builders. And they say, before I met you, Red, I never thought I was a creative person. And now I found out I am. What a revelation. I'm always honored when somebody says that because I feel like I've helped them open that window, right, Marina, to see who your, who your best self is. And by the way, Renee, full disclaimer, I'm a recovered, not recovering, early woman in tech, computer programmer, analyst mm-hmm. back from the 1900s. When mm-hmm. I was keep punching 2,000 lines of code in the morning. So you did running. cards. I missed oh, cards I by one cards. year. I, I did cards. One year. <laughs> I did cards. I did cards yep. for a couple of years. I was a COBOL yep. programmer on a Xerox Sigma uh-huh. 6 CP5 mainframe, coding in COBOL and PL1 and then an IBM 4341 PL1 and do a whole bunch of languages. And it was a blast. Yep. I understand all of that. My degree is computer science, minor in double E. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple got of those it. too. Okay, but my degree in psychology <laughs> serves me better these days. What uh-huh. is she really thinking? Let's go to these creativity <laughs> statements. I'm going to pick one from each of you on the fly. I'm just looking at them and say, okay, that looks interesting. I'll read the statement. No, not a homework assignment. And just tell me a little bit about what it means. We have plenty of time. So, Jody Wellman, I'm picking your statement number four because I haven't heard this terminology from any of my guests, I don't think ever. You say, I love how creativity shapeshifts. It can be slap you in the face, like when doing an art project, I do those too, or it could sneak on up on you, like with a serendipitous moment. I love going serendipity hunting. Jody, wow, talk to me. What does all this mean? Shapeshifting. <laughs> Shapeshifting. Well, I think you started to touch on it a second ago, Red. You know, the idea about how you talk to some, you know, professionals that don't see themselves as creative. And I think there is this notion that you have to wear a beret and, you know, you know, you need to have a very cool background like yours to be officially creative, right? And so, you know, I respect that. I see that I have that, I have those moments too. I have a painter's palette at home somewhere. But I also love the, so the serendipity part is the, the idea, and it might maybe play in a little bit to the broader conversation about a little bit around failure. Like it's when, you know, inevitably, like just like set your timer, like it's gonna happen, something's gonna go awry. It could be in business, it could be in life, it could be in an art project, but but when we are alert, so there are these cues and clues that uh, it's based in research that if we are actually open to experience, if we're curious, if we're on the lookout and actually kind of hungry and almost like 
on the edge of our seats waiting for the opportunity that happened from the thing we just messed up, then we're able to often make the best things out of it. So like my favorite example of serendipity is actually the situation at Pfizer when the gentleman was working on a blood pressure pill, but it had the effect that he wasn't expecting, which um, ended up creating, wow, this is in fact Viagra. Uh, and so that was an accident that way they were not expecting um, that reaction. And I will, I'll keep this clean for your listeners. I know you want to say, he said, things are looking up. I know you, I know you want to say that. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. And so at any rate, you know, serendipity, I think is this magical moment. Like let's be on alert. Let's watch for it because that's when we can take something that we thought was a disaster that we thought that that blood pressure medicine was just throw it out, but wait, people could be made very happy by that blue pill. And so we could be happy by things in our lives that we actually just take a little twist on the things that we thought we messed up. I can't wait to see what lovely lanky Laura Legs has to say about that. Cause at 801, she's going to send me a little review of what you all said on the show. I can't wait to see how she goes from blood pressure to the blue one. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's go to Marina. I'm going to combine two of your statements. You sent them in a sequence, but I'm going to combine two of them that I like number one, number three, and let me read them for you. Creativity means changing perspectives, how to look at things from a different angle and improve upon what is. Then the process moves to creating a vision of what I now desire to give life to. That sounds like it's a process, that it's a sequence. Marina, tell us more, please. Well, my my point, this is, by the way, very challenging for me to figure out the creativity. And so I thought of my creativity. What do I do in, when I create something? I first have a vision. And that vision is usually phenomenally broad. That's how we all start. It's, it's really the vision is more of the dream. We have this huge dream of seeing something done differently from a different perspective, because that's the only way we can make changes to what is. So then again, it comes a little bit also to the life story, the, 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 the hero story. So then we are coming together as a group and we're pulling things together. And there's a process from where we are to where we want to be. And the way I've seen it, it came to me in, in, in really, truly in a download of a vision. It came through as a almost a pyramid. I saw the pyramid. There's where you want to go is the tip of the pyramid. And the bottom is broad. And I always see when someone is at the beginning of the journey to create the vision they have in mind, it's very broad. They, they are all over the place. And that by the way, includes me because I can see I'm over here, I'm over there, over there. And all of those pieces create the foundation. So again, even the failures, everything creates the foundation of, of, of my new vision, of our new vision. And so that's the way I see the way the form of creation is that we start broad, we come in together, it is usually also not done as one. Usually our strength is when we come together, visions are joined together, people come together because that's power and that is strength. And then we, uh, be they teachers, be they students, be they partners, whatever it is, but we come together and we build what I see in my mind's eye today and it becomes reality. So it is taking it out of the... Um, the um, spiritual out of the, the mental and bring it down into the physical. 
Thank you. Very, very interesting. Co-innovators, co-collaborators, collaborating with yourself, right? Seeing yes. that, but where do, what do I want to do with it? But the, the important thing to me in creativity is we don't have a guidebook. We don't have a rule book. There is no next step. We make that up as we go along or we, we put the rules together ourselves and then we have a step, but it's just because we said so, right? But the also, I find that when, you, when you're open to your intuition, when you're open mm -hmm. to allow it in, you will see that things come your way by serendipity and they come your way and you go, oh, I didn't think of that. And there it is. And it happens if you allow it in. If you block it, you're done. You get stuck. Absolutely. I will tell you that I decided I wanted to be a playwright several years ago. And I went online and, and downloaded a, it was just a, an outline for Playwriting 101. How do you write a play? What's the format? What do you do first, second, third? How do you describe your characters, your place, your setting? How do you say from curtain to this and blah, as though it was going to be a real live play or it didn't matter. And I took that format and I just put it down on a, on a page and I said to myself, okay, I want to do something about dating in an online app. Okay. And I just started writing. And before I knew it, I was writing from one to four every morning for a week and I had a play. And I, I went, I had several television shows on Long Island at that point, and I called up, I emailed and called up some of my friends who were community theater actors who were doing some serious stuff. And I said, if I make it real easy for you, would you come and do my play? And they said yes. And I liked it so much, but I realized that different actors brought different interpretations. So I brought in a second group of the same group of people, a second set. And I said, okay, would you like to be these two characters? And would you, we're only a three character play. And we did it a second time. We produced it in my TV show. And then I wrote another play and it was just as quick, just a couple mm -hmm. of nights. And it was pouring out of me. The characters were talking to me. They were mm -hmm. filling the page. Do you think I had a journalism degree? Are you out of your mind? Do you think I'd ever taken an acting class? Do you think I'd ever taken a master class in playwriting? Hell no. It just came. And now I'm going to go to, yeah. absolutely, Renee, I'm going to go to your, your statement number one, which is, I think we're talking about it already. You say, when you're not sure how to do your, something, how to do something, ask yourself, how can I? This puts our conscious mind yep. and our subconscious mind on alert to find a solution. I think we've been talking about it, and it was perfect yeah. the way, Marina, you led into this. And, and I, so I, we yes. aren't stealing your thunder. Renee, take your three no. minutes. Talk to me about yeah. this, please. It's absolutely radio red what you were describing with writing your plays. That's what happened with me with my curriculum. I wrote 27 children's stories. It downloaded, flowed through me because I set my intention I want to teach children about self-talk. I want to teach children about integrity. I want to teach children about goal setting or whatever it was. And for me, my magic was jogging because yeah, it, it would really put both conscious mind, subconscious mind, you know, connection. And it would just flow through. And I didn't even have to worry about taking notes. I would just jog, download, come back write it. That happened for probably about 25% of the stories that were that easy. It was just absolutely amazing. But it's, you know, that creativity level, it's, it's right there. It's in our mind. But so much of it lives at the subconscious level if we allow ourselves to relax and to allow that to come in. And to, that's where, you know, not, not always having everything planned out, not always feeling like you have to have things ready, you know, getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready, which ties into the quote and just to go for it. 
you have to go for it to be in action to allow creativity to flow and see what happens and setting your intention because when you set your intention it's getting your conscious mind and subconscious mind working there to help you solve that problem and there's actually brain science behind it you know i could get into what that is it's part of what we teach kids but uh it's, it's amazing when we set our intention and allow things to happen what yes what we come up with there you go and have you ever heard of the difference between a pantser and a plotter renee a panther and a pan panther, P A N T S E R, and a plotter. Jody or uh, anybody? No. Okay. It, those are British terms for people who write novels. And okay. there are pantsers who say, I'm going to sit down and write 200 words today by the seat of my pants. Okay. And then there are writers who say, oh, this is going to be a 10 chapter, 250 page mystery thriller, comedy thriller, novelist, whatever, novel, novella. And I'm going to map out the title of all the chapters, who the characters are. And then when I'm ready, I'm just going to sit down and fill in what's in chapter one. And then mm. maybe I'll go to chapter three because I already know what's happening. So they outline it. Those are the plotters huh, versus interesting. the pantsers. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. When I have I do some shows with novelists and thriller writers, I, yeah. I go through those and I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So look them up, pantsers from plotters. Somebody introduced that to me a couple of years ago. Thank you, ladies, for your yeah. statements. Very well done. See, we're just talking about ideas about creativity and how, how our minds and our hearts work. That's all we do on this show is just share ideas. And I always learn so much from my guests because you're all so forthcoming with me. And I appreciate that. That's that's my, my tender heart talking right there. Okay, let's do some tender heart birthday shout out. So I've got some really famous people and some people I guarantee you have never, ever heard of, but they've got so many followers, you may want to know about them. So if you've all heard of the person, just say happy birthday to them. Joan Baez is anybody have an idea how old she is today? Guess, guess. Uh, a little more, a little more. You're close. Yeah, you peaked. You looked at my no. notes. I'm not sharing my screen. Thank you. 82. American folk singer, one of the biggest names during the 1960s revival of folk music. Her debut album, self-named Joan Baez, in 1960. She worked with Bob Dylan, and they had a relationship. I don't know why that got in there. Recorded his songs, and in 1969, she performed at Woodstock in 2017. Many, many, many years later, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Happy birthday, Joan Baez. And then we have Jimmy Page, who's the Led Zeppelin guitarist. Renee's, I think everybody's heard of him. And he's a songwriter. He was ranked number three on Rolling Stone magazine's The 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Time. How about that? He co-wrote Stairway to Heaven. It's one of the all-time rock and roll mm -hmm. classics with Le Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant. And he also had one of his best guitar solos ever on that song. He started out, listen to this for creativity, ladies. He found an abandoned guitar when his family moved into a house in near London in Miles Road, Epsom. An abandoned guitar in a house. Huh. It was waiting for him. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992 for playing with the Yardbirds and 1995 again for playing with Led Zeppelin. There's your creativity. Then we have Crystal Gale. Don't you make my brown eyes blue. She had a crossover appeal. The biggest hit was that song, Don't You Make My Brown Eyes Blue, 1977. She won a Grammy for Best Female Country Vocal Performance the next year. Her album was We Must Believe in Magic, was the first platinum album by a female country music artist ever. She was a groundbreaker. Her, everybody knows who her older sister was, right? No? Loretta Lynn. Oh. Crystal Gale was Loretta Lynn's sister, her younger sister. Wow. Okay. Now, here's an actor I think you all know, J.K. Simmons. 
He's 67 today, by the way, Crystal Gale, 72. He is an Academy Award and Golden Globe Award winner for Best Supporting Actor for a Whiplash movie about drummers. I'm a drummer, by the way. Nobody's <laughs> whiplashing me, though. He plays Jonah Jameson, editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. I didn't know that. He's been in Thank You for Smoking, The Jackal, and Juno, and he was the voice of Mayor Lionheart in the animated film Zootopia. There you go. Happy birthday, JK. Dave Matthews. 56 today, singer-songwriter rose to fame with, what else? The Dave Matthews Band. Now he's a solo artist and he's an active philanthropist. Now I have some people you've never heard of, I guarantee. We have a TikTok star named Z-A-R period R. Capital Z, small A-R period R. Zar. Er. Zar. Can everybody say that with me? Zar. Er. Zar. Er. I, I, think, I think we've got it. Uh, it's a she. She earned 1.9 million followers and she does pranks using stickers on TikTok. If anybody can tell me what that means, I would appreciate that. <laughs> she was one of the first to introduce sticker prank videos. She pastes text over iMessage messages and changed the content of conversations. One of her pranks was she bought SpongeBob ice creams until she got a perfect one. I have no idea what that means, but 1.9 million people thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> then we have a social media star who's on Twitch and Instagram double header. His name is Eric, E-R-E-T, Eric, 24 years old today. He's a streamer and content creator. He posts Minecraft gaming videos. Oh, I feel so bad for him. He only has 1.1 million subscribers, nowhere near. Sorry, I'm sorry. His, it's, it, he goes by they. Their Instagram account features photos of themselves and friends, and the Instagram only has 1.1 million plus, not 1.1. Just very disappointing, these kids. And then we have on YouTube, the Domo Glow Twins. I'm not kidding you. They're identical twins, 22 today. Content creator, uh, she is one with her identical twin, Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, and they're known for their YouTube channel. They original post original vlogs, pranks. I think pranks are the order of the day. And challenges have been viewed 13 million times. Wow. 13, we're doing something wrong, ladies. Her most watched YouTube video of 2018 was Domo, leave off to prom. If I could figure that out, I would be a much smarter person. She gained 140,000 followers on her Domo the Twin Instagram page, and she was wearing high-end streetwear from the Guapi band, brand, G-U-A-P. Has anybody ever worn Guapi? No. Jody, do you know what that is? No. Renee, Marina, I don't either. No. Well, anyway, she wears their high-end software. Okay, their their clothing and people like that. Okay, we have eight minutes left. Music events uh, in 1965 on this day, the Beatles' 65 album went to number one and stayed there for nine weeks. Bravo to that. And two years later, in 1967 on this day, music history, more of the Monkees. The Monkees' second album was released. Now we have some holidays today. It's Balloon Ascension Day. Anybody know why? If you did, I'd be shocked. Jean-Paul Blanchard, a French aeronaut and inventor, in, 19, in 1793 made a manned balloon trip to America. He was the inventor of balloon flight. He stood across from the Walnut Street Prison in Philadelphia, and President George Washington was there to watch him, and he took his balloon up 1,200 feet over the wow. earth. So they named today Balloon Ascension Day. Today is National Apricot Day. Does anybody know how long ago the apricot was first cultivated? Anybody? 2000 BC. 
in China oh. and Central Asia. Then they took it on the Great Silk Road. It went to the Persians and the Arabs took it to the Middle East. And Alexander the Great took it to Greece. And English and Spanish brought it to the U.S. It's a member of the Rosacea or Rose family. And there are 4,000 other species. Does anybody know what the subdivision of fruits is for apricots? It's a terrible word. They're droops. D-R-U-P-E-S. Oh, God, how can I say that? It's a thin skin, pulpy middle, and a hard seed center in the seed. I can't do that. It's National <laughs> Word Nerd Day, okay? In the medieval, medieval period, the written word was a luxury because only the rich or the people who were anointed in the church could read and write. Most people just enjoyed storytelling. Think of Shakespeare and other theatrical people, and they invented their own words. By the mid-18th century, reading and writing were more widely taught and accessible. Somebody said... Hell, we got a lot of words. What are we going to do with them? So they hired Dr. Samuel Johnson, and they paid him the equivalent today. It was 1,500 guineas. You know how much that would be today? $325,000, and he wrote a dictionary. It took him seven years, and it's considered one of the standards of the English language, published in 1755. They hired him, and they said, we need to have these words in one place. I didn't never knew that. So that's why it's National Word Nerd Day. It's no pants ride day in the subway. The idea came from Charlie Todd from Improv Everywhere back in 2002. And he had seven men who boarded a, I'm assuming, New York City subway car at different stops. They were dressed in winter clothes from head to toe, but no pants. I hope they had underwear on. I didn't read that part, but I'm scared. <laughs> in a hidden video camera, they watched the other passengers look confused. And then <laughs> they all started to laugh. Uh, the next year, they did 30 participants, including women, and then it got into a big deal. Would, it, would any of you ever? No, I didn't think so. We're, we're way too decent for that. Anyway, those are all my famous birthdays. and all. So let's go around the table. If you had, let me start with you, Renee. We'll go backwards. Yes. If, if you had a curriculum for how uh, young, how you were going to teach a um, one of your mentors, one of your coaches, to teach creativity or the concept of, you can't really, you can teach about it, but people have to feel it. You know that. It's the download. Mm -hmm. It's in your heart, right, Marina? It's the inspiration, right, Jody? If you were to teach somebody to open up to creativity, to do things they never planned to do, never expected to do, in, in just one or two sentences, what would you tell that coach to tell that child? I'm sorry to I, put you on the spot, Renee. Go oh, ahead. no, it's great. I think I would have them explore all their different senses. You know, exploring creativity through feel, sight, touch, taste, you know, all of our, our sense of hearing Ooh. and just explore it that way and see what comes up. And then like you can that. even combine some. You go, okay, let's do something that you're feeling and hearing at the same time. I like that. Yeah. Jody, anything you would add? Let's keep on that theme quickly. Anything you would add to a coach on how to uh, instill the idea of creativity in kids? I love the idea of finding those little embers, those little things that might be interesting and going after it. Cause I think that creativity, just like passion, it requires risk, like to go out there and maybe do something that you do again, muck up. Cause then that might lead to the serendipity, but find a little flame and stoke it and see, maybe it will grow into something that might be energizing and cool and creative, juicy to you. I like that. Marina, anything you want to add? I heard a little kid say the other day to her friend, just be who you are. And he was, he was maybe eight years old. And I said, such wisdom. <laughs> so Absolutely. Walk into the house, find an abandoned guitar and do something with it, right? 
There you go. There you have it. Thank you, ladies. Let's quickly get, we have about three minutes left and I need about a minute and a half to close. Let's quickly get where people can find you. Website, email if you want to, but I prefer a website. Um, Jody, where can people find you? Thanks for asking. I am over at 4000mondays.com. Is that all spelled out in, in words? Or the number? Either way, we'll get you. Okay, F-O-U-R-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D-M-O-N-D-A-Y-S.com. Got it? I'm a word Perfect. nerd. What can I tell you? Marina, <laughs> what's your website, dear? Ugpstohappiness.com. Y-O-U-R-G-P-S-T-O-H-A-P-P-I-N-E-S. I just got the book cover behind her. It's easy for me. Thank you very much. Renee Thornborough, Renee, R-E-N-A-Y-E, Thornborough. <laughs> How can people find you? Adventuresinwisdom.com. A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S-I-N-W-I-S-D-O-M dot com. I almost spelled dot, but I didn't want to do that. Ladies, I want to thank you. I didn't take enough pictures. I hope you'll stick around for a couple minutes after. Uh, But I would like to say thank you to Josh, our engineer, and thank you to our viewers and listeners on LinkedIn. And uh, I'm sorry, we do Facebook on Monday nights. Uh, I appreciate your sharing your thoughts on creativity with me and my listeners and my viewers. And thank you for opening up and letting us peek into the core of your creativity because you are now my creative. So let me close the show with the following words. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the best. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Everybody join me and laugh uncontrollably. (laughs) I always threatened to do that at the beginning of the show, but I never did. And never regret anything that made you smile. Final closing. Work like you don't need the money because nobody really cares. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco in a high school cafeteria on a tabletop in high heels, (gasps) everybody cared. Trust me. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing. I don't think I sang on the show. And love like you've never been hurt because damn, we all have. Get over it. Let your heart open up, regenerate, love yourself, and find love again. You will, I promise. Money talks, chocolate sings, and last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.